Tell the Lord, my life is created to give you praise, to make your praise glorious. And I want you to make that commitment to God this morning. My life is going to praise you. My life is going to glorify you. My life is going to honor you. My life is going to, is going to give you pleasure. Because the Bible says, these people have I formed for myself that they may show forth my praise. He said, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are, and were created. Somebody, you are created for the pleasure of the Lord Almighty. Can you declare your life a pleasure to him? Can you declare your life a sweet-smelling server to him? Can you talk to God and say, Lord, you will, you will eat of a sweet-smelling savour. You will, you will inhale a sweet-smelling savour from my life. My life will emit sweet, 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 sweet splendor, sweet savour, Lord, unto you. In the mighty name of Jesus, can you talk to God this morning? My life will praise you. My life will honour you. My life will glorify you because that is what I am, I am created for. There is nothing more I am existing for other than to do your will and to give you pleasure. There is nothing more I am created for. There is nothing more I am living for other than to bring glory and honor to your name. Other than to bring praise to your name. Can you say, Lord, this my life will praise you. This my life will honor you. This my life will magnify you. This my life will make you proud, oh Lord. I will make you proud, Jesus. I will make you proud. I will make you proud just as Jesus made you proud. God came to a point. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Lord, I will live my life in such a way that you will be pleased with me. Can you talk to God? I don't know if you are talking to God this morning. I will live my life in such a way that you will be pleased with me. That is my decision. That is my desire. It does not matter what any other person thinks about me. It does not matter what people may say about me. But all I desire, all I desire, all I desire, all I desire is to live my life pleasing you. As long as you are pleased with me, Lord, it is enough. As long as you are pleased with me, Lord, I am satisfied. As long as you are pleased with me, Lord, then I am fulfilled. Money cannot give me fulfillment. Fame cannot give me fulfillment. Wealth cannot give me fulfillment. Material acquisitions cannot give me fulfillment. The only thing on earth, oh God, that will give me fulfillment and satisfaction is when I live my life pleasing you. It's when I live my life as a sacrifice. It's when I live my life giving you glory, giving you honor, giving you praise. That man will look at me. That man will look at me and see Jesus. That man will look at me and have reason to thank God and have reason to give thanks to God for ever meeting me, for ever having an encounter with me. That is all that matters. Nothing else matters. Please rise on your feet. I want you to talk to God. The only thing that God can eat is your life. The only thing that will satisfy God is the state of your heart. Can you talk to God? Can you talk to God? 
Can you talk to God? Can you talk to God? My life must please you. My life must do your will. My life must please you, oh God. My life must do your will, oh God. My life must not bring shame to your name. My life must not bring disgrace to your name. My life will bring praise. Praise to you. Praise to you morning and night. Morning and night. Every day of my life that my life may please you. Can you talk to God? Can you talk to God? Can you talk to God? Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Baranda Sotania, it doesn't matter what I go through. My interest, Lord, is to please you. My interest, Lord, is to praise you. When I sing unto you, let it be a sweet-smelling savour. When I preach, Lord, when I minister to you, Lord, let it be a sweet-smelling savour. Let it be that when I talk, Lord, let it be a sweet-smelling savour. I don't know if somebody is praying. I don't know if somebody is praying. That is my highest calling to please you. That is my highest calling to praise you. That is my highest calling to honor you. Araba Sharabaya Ambaraba Shanda Yatania Yarabe Korea Gasanaway. I'll put you in front, in front of my melody. You are all that matters. You are all that matters. And I'll, I'll make room for two. For you and I, Jesus. You are all that matters. You are all that matters. And I'll put you in front. In front of my melody. You are all
to sing a hymn together this morning. It's a very sober service, and uh, I want you to tune your heart to God. There is a hymn I want us to sing. I don't, I don't know if we know it, but it's very simple. I will take the first verse and maybe the refrain, and then I'm sure that you will catch up. Some of you should know it, I'm sure. Nothing between my soul and the Savior. Not of this world elusive dream. I have renounced all sinful pleasure. Jesus is mine, there's nothing between. How many of us know it? Then the refrain says, Nothing between my soul and my Savior, so that his blessed face I may see. Nothing preventing the least of his favor. Keep the way clear, let nothing between. All right, I'm sure we know it now. Let's sing it together. Nothing, nothing between my soul and the Savior. Not of this world's delusive dream. I have renounced all sinful pleasure. Jesus is mine. There's nothing between. Oh yes, nothing between my soul and my Savior So that His blessed face I may see Nothing preventing the least of His favor Keep the way clear, let nothing between Nothing between, nothing between, like worldly pleasure, habits of life, though harmless they seem, must not my heart from him ever see that he is my all. Nothing between, like pride or station, self-life or friend shall not intervene. Though it may cost me much, oh yes, I am resolved. There's nothing between, nothing between, nothing between my soul and my Savior. So that his blessed face I may see Are nothing preventing the least of his favor Keep 
against me. But Lord, nothing. Not a wife. Not, 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 not children. Not money. Not even ministry. Not even preaching your word, Lord. Nothing. Keep the way clear. Let nothing be true. Keep the way clear, let nothing be true. Thank you, Father. Please be seated. Hallelujah. I want you to tune your heart to God this morning because the Lord is going to be speaking to your heart. God is going to be directing issues and driving issues very deep into our hearts this morning. And I, I wouldn't be wrong to tell you that it's not a service of excitement. Amen. You may not really have reason to laugh. 
or to the cause of the sermon. But if you will listen to God carefully, basic foundations, basic issues of your life that have prevented you from seeing God will be addressed. Can I hear amen? Because a lot of times we suffer long when we fail to see his face. There's no man that sees the face of God and lives. That, that was what God told Moses. It means, therefore, that when a man comes face to face with God, he dies. And when that man dies, everything that has followed that man, even if it is coming from his family, dies. So, God is going to be addressing our hearts, issues that have severed us from him, that have removed us from him, issues that has made it impossible for God to have intercourse with us, intimacy with us. It is not enough for, the, for you to know him. It is only enough when he knows you. That you know God is not equal to God knowing you. There's none of us here that doesn't know how to call upon the name of the Lord. The question is, when you call, if he recognizes that it is you that is calling. God knows the voices of his children. If I am calling and the Kinfagbo is calling and the Kinibaro is calling, God can differentiate our voices. He is that thorough. So the question is, when you call, can he identify your voice? Or you are one of those that he will say, I, I don't know you. And listen, if you are sick, you will be healed. It's not as if God is not going to work wonders. He will work wonders in our midst. It's a solemn assembly, but God is going to be moving very tactically and strategically, and he'll be addressing issues in the lives of people. So if you are sick, it doesn't mean that that window is closed. No, the Lord is going to heal you. If you need miracle, the Lord is going to reach out to you. If there is any intervention that you need from the Lord, the Lord is going to, 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 to attend to you. But most importantly, what the Lord is looking for this morning is your heart. Somebody say, my heart. Come on, say it loud and clear. My heart. That is what the Lord is looking for. And I'm preaching this message in two parts. You are still stuck with me next Sunday. Amen? Next Sunday is going to be the power dimension of what we are saying today. There's going to be a power dimension to what we are saying today. So you must not miss service next Sunday for any reason. Because a lot of things will be resolved. Amen? Now, I am not postponing what God is going to do here today. Those of you that came with issues, the Lord is going to resolve issues in your life. Here today and right here this morning. But, but come next Sunday because it is going to be the power dimension of what the Lord is beginning with us today. 
So I've given you expo that I'm still preaching next Sunday. Amen. Babylon. I want us to talk about Babylon this morning. Babylon. To put it in context, all the while we have been hearing about avoidables. Avoidables. I think we've had two sets of messages. So, I'd like to target avoid Babylon or away with Babylon. Do away with Babylon or avoid Babylon. Reject Babylon. Renounce Babylon. Put Babylon away. Put Babylon out of your life. Babylon is a physical location that also has spiritual connotation. Amen? 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 I don't want to lose you because I may not be, I may not be preaching my normal way. So some of you may, you may be expecting you know, a particular kind of reaching out to you, but it may not come. If it comes at any point, we will enter it. Alright? So, I want you to be focused and sensitive. I don't want to lose you. Because some of you, when you see this pastor, you already know what to expect. When you see this, you already know what to expect. When you see this minister, you already know what to expect. God can move in any way. God can move in any way. So, make sure you are sensitive. Be glued. Give me your attention and tune your heart to God. So, I said, Babylon... It's a geographical location, a physical location that also has spiritual connotation, spiritual meaning, spiritual re relevance, spiritual importance. Babylon is an ancient city that actually is domiciled in the current day Iraq, geographically. And if you are a student of the Bible, please, I want you to help me watch your neighbor. Nobody must sleep. If you are a student of the Bible, I'm sure that you must have heard of a king called Nebuchadnezzar, a ruler called Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible, a very popular, you know, ruler. He was the ruler of Babylon at the time that Babylon invaded Judah destroyed Jerusalem and the temple and carried off many Jews into Babylon as exiles. It was after that point you started hearing names like Daniel, names like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All those things that those guys did, they did them while in captivity were in Babylon. So in that land, if you remember the fairy burning furnace, I'm sure you remember. Eh? Are you with me? Uh -huh. That fire that the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into. The reason why they were thrown into that fire was because they refused to bow down to another God. Do you agree with me? was because they were commanded to bow and they refused to bow 
even at the expense of their lives. Now, this thing I just said, that is where my message next Sunday is kicking off from. That's expo number two. Hallelujah. But just to bring to your notice that spiritually, Babylon represents anything that is anti-God. Somebody say anti-God. Anything that is against God, anything that is against the will of God in the life of a man, that is what Babylon represents. Babylon is anything that displeases God in your life and in my life. Anything that dishonors God in your life and in my life. Anything that brings shame to God's name in your life and in my life, that is Babylon. It represents sinfulness. It represents wickedness. It represents immorality. Babylon represents idolatry. The worship of idols. The worship of graven images. The worship of other gods. That is what Babylon represents. Babylon represents evil in the lives of God's people. The mission of Babylon is to hijack you, is to snatch you from God's presence and take you very far away from him. That is what Babylon does to a man. So I'm going to be talking about Babylon in two dimensions today. If possible, if we have time, I will talk about it in three dimensions. But I want you to follow God carefully. And as he admonishes you, some of you will be receiving words of rebuke. Some of you will be receiving words of admonish, admonishment. Some of you will be re re receiving corrections. God, God will be... What is important is that God is calling our hearts to order. This morning, somebody say order. There's a lot of disorderliness in the house of God, in the temple of God. There's a, a lot of disorderliness among the people of God. There's a lot of work that Babylon has perpetuated in the lives of God's people. Babylon has succeeded in taking the hearts of God's people away from him. And God desires to have our hearts back. Listen. There is nothing that you do for God that is more important than your fellowship with him. Nothing. Whatever you do for God, what is most important to God is your intimacy with him, is your fellowship with him, is the connection of your heart with him. If that is not in place, every other thing that you do is a waste of time and energy. What God communicates with is your heart. And then when God succeeds with your heart, your soul is affected, your body is affected, your time is affected, your finances is affected, and everything about you is affected. So the first thing I want you to note about Babylon is that it is a place of idolatry. It is a place of idol worship. It's a place where 
God the creator, God the almighty, God the all powerful is abandoned and other things are embraced in place of God. Daniel chapter 3. Let's just read a few verses from verse 1. And this is littered all across the Bible. Wherever you saw Babylon, you saw idol worship. You saw idol worship. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its width 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dora in the province of um, Babylon. And kingdom can send word to gather together the, the, the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the where are we? The treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So Nebuchadnezzar had set up another image. An image. He set it up. It was a deliberate action to set up another image. You don't set up something when you are absent-minded. So Nebuchadnezzar deliberately decided to set up another God, to set up another image in place of the Lord God Almighty. So the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Let's stop there. Are you with me? If you are with me, say I'm here. Say it loud and clear. So the image that Nebuchadnezzar set up, the purpose of that image, in fact, in fact, some Bible commentaries believe that that image that Nebuchadnezzar set up was actually the image of himself. In some quarters, it is believed like that, that it was actually the image of himself that he set up. You see, Babylon is always, is always against God. You remember the Tower of Babel? You remember the Tower of Babel? That tower was being erected in Babylon. In fact, Babel is the Hebrew word for Babylon. Are you with me? So that is to show you how, how arrogant, how defiant that Babylon is against God. So follow me carefully this morning. So the Bible says, Nebuchadnezzar set up. Imagine the word of the Bible. He set it up. An image. And the description, the height, the width of the image was given. And the aim was that everybody in the land that hears the sound of all the instruments, the trumpets, and everything that you can imagine 
whenever there is a sound, everybody is expected, not expected, everybody is commanded to fall down and bow. You know, there's a difference between falling down and bow and bowing. You can bow standing. You agree with me? I'm bowing right now. You can bow standing. But what Nebuchadnezzar wanted the people to do was that when this image is proclaimed with a shout, nobody is permitted to stand. Everybody must fall down and bow to this image. Do you know what that means? It is giving the place, the honor, the glory of God to an idol. Because it is only God that we are meant to fall before and bow before. It is only God that we are meant to worship. Our worship is unto the Lord, not even unto angels. No angel is qualified to receive your worship. Are you with me? Not to even talk of man. So what Nebuchadnezzar did was to transfer the glory that was meant for God onto a graven image, a lifeless image, an idol that he had set up for the people. Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. Yes. From verse 3. Listen to the instruction of God to his people. When the 20 commandments was being given. Is it 20 commandments or 10 commandments? Don't mind me. When the 10 commandments was being given to the Israelites. One of them is this. And God was very emphatic. In fact, so, some commandments he just gave them. Thou shall not, thou shall not, thou shall not. But when he came to this, God said it in about three verses. To show you how serious the matter of idol worship is. Are you with me? Now, some of you may be saying, me, I come to church now. I don't have any idol anywhere. I don't have any image anywhere. I don't have any bottle anywhere. I came from a pagan background, so I know all these things. There was even a time that a bottle was erected for me. And sacrifices were expected from me to. I went to the village one day and wanted to deceive them to show me the bottle. They refused. So I could break it. Amen? All of them that have been worshipping bottles and images and all that, they are all there in the village. Their lives are miserable. Bottles that you have been worshipping from the time of your forefathers have not been able to change your life. And you want to corner me into it. To fiakwa. Somebody say to fiakwa. At least you have laughed. Even though at the beginning I said you may not laugh all through the service. Listen. He said, you shall have no other God before me. Somebody say, let's read it together. You shall have no other God before me. Let's read it Let's take the words one after the other. One to go. You shall have no other God before me. That was a command. 
And this command came directly from the mouth of the Lord Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. Verse 4. Verse 4. You shall not make for yourself a calf. God, 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 God is now going ahead to explain what he meant actually. By you shall have no other God besides me. You shall have no other God before me. God is giving them details now in case they don't know. You shall not make for yourself a carved image. What did Nebuchadnezzar make? He, he, he went directly against this command of the Lord. Follow me. He went directly, direct, direct opposite of what God wanted them to do. He went the opposite. Any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath all that is in the water under the earth. Verse 6. But showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Now listen. So you shall have no other God beside me. So number one, that shows jealousy. Hmm? Am I correct? You are married. Want your, you, you. You want your husband to have another woman beside you? Eh? You don't want? Eh. You don't want me to pray that God will? Eh. She said to Fiakwa. What was that? That was jealousy. See, no matter, no matter what, that, that one is, is holy jealousy. It's not, this one is not sinful. Are you with me? The first thing you must realize as you walk with God is that God is jealous. Now, God is so possessive that he wants to have you to himself. He doesn't want any other thing to share you with him. Are you with me? Are you with me? Are you with me? Are you with me? Am I talking small, small this morning? Dickie, you know you used to rate me. Am I talking small, small this morning? I pray that God will give me grace to teach and not to preach this. God is jealous about you. That is how important you are. Eh? Sometimes that my wife will receive calls, business calls here and there. And I would, especially when I don't travel, I'll be at home after five minutes. Call rice, rice. She any rice? She any gari? She any? Okay, rice is uh, thirty-seven thousand. Oh, Ejo, Ejo, remove fifty naira for me. Remove hundred naira for me. They can be on that for minutes, and me, I don't have, I don't have capacity for that kind of thing because the kind of thing I do, our prices are fixed. This thing is five thousand. If you come, it is five thousand. You can't price it. So all those fifty naira, hundred naira, twenty naira. You, you see, people will be pricing rice just for discount of 20 naira. And this woman will not give me attention. After I am patient, see, I can tell you that for the next 30 minutes, those calls, her line is busier than mine. And it's all those, uh, uh, give me 50 naira, give me 100 naira. I, I don't, if you don't want to buy, go away. 
What nonsense is that? So at a point, I will tell her, I am at home today. I need attention. That's jealousy. Sir, that is jealousy. Uh, if I can sacrifice not to go to Benin and stay at home with you, I should have all the attention that I desire. After all, you are my wife. Pastor Samson, the way you are sitting, you approve what I said. God wants to possess you. God is a possessor. God, God, you know, you know, some people, ah, that, that guy is too possessive. That guy, anywhere I go, that's how we, some of you are, are in relationships and w once, once you go out for one hour, your guy is calling you. Where are you? Yeah, okay, who are you with? Okay, make video call. I want to see you. I want to be sure where you are. And, and then you begin to complain. This guy is possessive. This guy is too possessive. Ah, I don't think I can marry this guy. God is like that. He wants to know wherever you are. He wants to know whatever you do. He wants to know the kind of people that you relate with. God is, is jealous. He is possessive. He wants to have you to himself alone. God doesn't want, he doesn't want anything to have access to you at all. It is that serious. And you see, that shows how special you are. How important you are. How God takes you. You are, you are the apple of his eye. You are his battle axe. You are, you are so special to him that he could give his son to die for you. God, God is jealous of you. So he told the children of Israel, he said, I created you people to praise me. Don't have any other God apart from me. This was the thing that Nebuchadnezzar went directly against. It's like committing adultery. It's like abandoning your wife and taking over another woman. That was what Nebuchadnezzar did. Are we together? If you are here, say I'm here. Say it loud and clear. I don't want to lose you. So some of you are asking. I don't have any graven image anywhere. I don't have it at home. I don't have it in my office. I don't have it anywhere. Boy, it will shock you that some of us sitting here this morning are more idolatrous than pagans. Some of us. You don't have an image, but you are an idol worshiper. Yeah. Whatever takes the place of God. Eh? Are you with me now? Whatever replaces God, the personality of God in the life of a man, that, that thing is an idol. Anything that has taken over the space that God has in your life has, has lured you into idolatry. It means Babylon has entered you. Are you with me? Are you with me? If you admit, say I'm here. Say I am here. Say it loud and clear. The question this morning that the Lord is asking me to put across to you is this. What has taken my place in your heart? Huh? We need to answer this question.
has lost his place in your life. You are an idol worshiper. If there's anything in your life that you value, that you give importance to above God, you are an idol worshiper. Babylon has entered you. Babylon is, is well established inside of you. If there is anything that has taken the place of God in your life, other than the Lord Almighty, because the instruction is, thou shall have no other God before me. Anything that has become a God to your life, anything that has become an authority to your life, anything that has the capacity to make God take the second place in you, is idolatry. And what it means is that Babylon has entered you. As we journey, we must realize that Babylon is one of the things that we must avoid. Add it to what Pastor has been teaching us. Hallelujah. Can I hear amen? Can I hear a louder amen? Help me check your neighbor if he's sleeping. Turn around. All right. If anybody is sleeping, wake the person up. Nobody must sleep today. I will not agree. And some of you are wondering, there is nothing in my life that has taken the place of God. Hey, can I shock you? Some of you are idol worshippers unconsciously. You don't even know that you are worshipping idols already. You don't even know that things have taken over your heart in place of God. There are things in your life that are now dictating your life, that are now dictating how you live, that are now dictating how you talk, that are now dictating the places that you go to, the kind of people that you interact with. Those things have taken over the place of God. And the heart of God is weeping. Just like a man whose wife was taken away. Huh? You know, there are men whose wives were confiscated and couldn't do anything. Just like an adage in my, in my language. They collected the wife of a frog. Are you with me? Are you with me? I'm trying to tell you an adage in English. I'm trying to translate it from Igala to... They collected the wife of the frog. And inside of the, wife, the, the frog... To go after the person that collected his wife. He stayed where he was. And he was croaking and swelling. You know frogs, they swell. When they, they, they swell. He was croaking and And he was swelling. And then they now asked him a question. Ah, frog, this swelling that you are swelling, is it tantamount to collecting your wife back? Some of you, you are God's bride. The devil has collected you. Oh, you don't know that you are God's bride. You don't know. Why are you looking at me? Don't you know? You don't know that you are the bride of Jesus. You don't know. And God is just watching. Waiting. 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 Waiting for when? 
his wife, his bride, will come back to him and tell him that my Lord and my God, my affection is unto you, not unto any man. Idolatry entered Peter. It was at that point that Jesus asked him, lovest thou me more than this? It was at that point. Fishing became an idol in the life of Peter. As soon as Jesus departed, I can say, ah, oh boy, I go, I go what? I go what? I'm going back home. What happened to, on this rock, I will build my church and the gate of hell shall not pre- what happened to what, what happened to that? Do, do, do you know the weight that Peter carried in the spirit? But see how idolatry displaced him from what God was planning to use his life to do. You see what Babylon can do to a man. It takes you from the will of God. It takes you from the greatness of God. It is in Babylon that a man can become a piece of bread. You carry so much importance, but yet you amount to nothing because Babylon has entered you and has taken hold of you. Are you still with me? Can I hear? I am here. Say it loud and clear. You know, some of you, food is your idol. Somebody say, Unje. Say it again. How do you call food in Igbo? Sister Rose. I can't even hear her from there. But in Yoruba, food is called what? Unje. You that used to laugh at me, I'm, I'm improving. To soon shock you. Sister Tony, to soon shock you. There are some of you seated here that cannot do without food. Now, if you have an underlying health condition, it is understandable. But if you are a Christian, and you cannot declare three days of fasting and prayers, we are going to start on Tuesday, from first to third. There's a problem with you. See, if you are a Christian and you cannot stay without food, you are an idol worshiper. It is food that you are worshiping. People of God, let's say no. We don't emphasize fasting, 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 no. But let me tell you, there are realms you cannot get to in God if you don't fast, no. You need to come to a point where, where you literally become a spirit. How many of you have been born again for five years? Can I see your hand? Five years. Five years and above. You have been born again five years and above at least. Let me see your hand. Uh, be confident. Put it up. Put it above your head. So many of us. Put down your hands. How many of us have done three days dry fasting? Maybe only on water, without food. You have done three days dry fasting. Let me see your hand. Clap for yourselves. I say clap for yourselves. There are people here that cannot fast for one hour, sir. Is, 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 it, is it me that killed Jesus? What, what is my own? You are an idol worshiper. Your, your idol, your God is food. Their God is their belly. Is that not what the Bible says? Their God is their belly. 
Somebody wrote a book several years ago. He says, food, man's undoing. The thing that sent Adam and Eve out of the garden of Eden is what? The thing that made Esau to lose his birthright is what? Go on fast. If you are a young man here, you are below the age of 40. You have not done three days fasting and prayer regularly, regularly, regularly. Go and start doing it. Go and do it. It will help your life. You see, there, there are things in the future. There were prayers we prayed several years ago that are, that are being answered now. You don't, you don't, some of you, you don't know. When some of these hyper grace people are telling you that Christ has paid all your price, you don't, you don't need any effort again. I, I, you, see, you are joking. Some of you have not met witches and wizards. Some of you, you have not met witches and wizards yet. Those days, I'll go and throw myself in the bush. Bush, thick bush. I will pray. I will pray. I will pray for days. When we were in the university, some of us, four, five of us, weekends, we will take ourselves from the campus. We will go to another village. We enter a house. We only know when we entered. We don't know when we are going to come out. All our cry is that, Lord, until you do something to us, we are not living here. For days, we are there and we are crying. Lord, help our lives. We want to matter. We want to matter. We want to, we want to be relevant in your hands. We want you to use us. We want, we want to be useful. That was our concern. Our concern was not Range Rover Sport. Our concern was not Lexus RX350. Our concern was not how many millions or billions that we have in our account. Our concern is a Lord that our lives may be useful in your hands. Go and pray. You hear me? You are not too young. Go and pray. Go and fast. Today, I am not eating. And I use this to challenge you. To challenge you. From Tuesday to Thursday, I command that nobody here must eat. Except you are under any health condition. You must not eat. From 6 a.m. to 6. I'm not saying fast till 12. No. I'm not giving you an option. You will fast from 6 a.m. till 6 p.m. Nobody here is permitted to eat. Nobody. See, eh? You know, sometimes when you are fasting, it's as if you are, you are going to die. It's a lie. It's a lie. So it's a lie. You will not die. See, I can tell you, you will not die. By 12-1, the carpenters, the carpenters will take their hammer. Go, 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 go. As you are praying, you try to pray. The thing is eating you. You try to pray. Can I tell you something? Many times, effective prayers always start mechanically. Oh, you don't understand. Many times when you begin to pray, the spirit has not taken over yet. You are still making effort. 
Five minutes, you are struggling. You are still being distracted. Ten minutes, 30 minutes, you may still be. See, there are times that for one hour, all I am saying, because I am struggling, all I am saying in the place of prayer is that, Lord, help me for one hour. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Eh? That one hour prayer will turn to five hours today. It will turn to six hours today. It will turn to seven hours today. It will turn to vigil today. It will turn to weeks of waiting upon the Lord today. Serious man. Must be serious with God though. The, the, the extent of seriousness to which God attaches to your life is dependent on the extent of seriousness he gets from you. Are you with me? Are you with me? Go and fast. Go and fast. You won't die. It's a lie. All those things are, they, they are lies. See, if you are able to persist, if you cross that 12 p.m. and you cross that 1 p.m., by the time we are breaking by six, you may not even feel like breaking. You know, you get to a point that hunger has entered you. You don't feel hungry again. Even when they present food before you, it doesn't matter anymore. You have arrived at a point where food is no longer an idol to you. Where food is no longer your God. Where food is no longer the one that has authority over you. Don't allow the Babylon of food to enter you. Eat and pray. Amen. Eat when you are supposed to eat. Fast when you are supposed to fast. But can I tell you, fast more. If you want to go far with God, fast more. Baba Adeboye, at his age, Baba will do 100 days. That man practically lives a fasted life. And then people come from all over the world. Miracles happen. People are wondering. Baba is not shouting the way I am shouting. And things are happening. Things are breaking out everywhere. People are being delivered everywhere. He carries an aura. He carries a presence. And people are wondering where it came from. Baba lives a fasted life. Are you understanding me? There was a time that Bishop Oedepo fasted until blood started coming out of his nostrils. Men fasted until they were bent in the place of prayer. What are you doing? What, what are, some of us are jokers. So. Food. Food can become Babylon to you. Are you with me? Because of time. Do you know another thing that can become Babylon to you? Especially for this young generation of people. What is it? What is it? Somebody say it again. Hey. If you are if you are 40 and below, say 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 it. Call it. Let me hear. I'm not hearing you. I'm not hearing you. Hey. I'm not hearing you. Some of you, even as I'm preaching now, you're on Facebook. You are an idol worshiper. As I'm preaching now. Some are doing Twitter. Some, some are doing WhatsApp. As right now as I'm talking. And the things you are watching are videos of naked ladies. Nothing of eternal value. Nothing. Nothing of eternal value. Nothing of eternal consequence. Some of you, what you do on your phone, you stay on your phone for 24 hours and you have achieved nothing. 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 You are not doing business. You are not doing, you are not reading your Bible. You are just 
doing social media. Eh? And then you now come to us and start arguing. Uh, Davido and Whiskey, who, who is richer? As if I am their accountant. And then you are there. You learn all sorts of things. They teach you all kinds of things. You know, adulterate what marriage should be for you. Teach you that divorce, divorce, di you can divorce. If, if a marri marriage is not working, divorce. Teach you all kinds of things. Things that will take you away from Christ. Things that you never learn from the Bible, from, but from social media. All, some of you, your life is social media. Everything you know is social media. Phone, 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 phone. You are an, you, you are an idol worshiper. The devil knows that this generation, this jet A generation will come. So all those bottle things may not be attractive to us. All those images that people will hang and then they will start bowing down to may not be attractive to us. He now crafted the image, the idol of your phone and your social media just to take you away from the love of God. That is Babylon. It has entered you. It has possessed you. It has engulfed you. You are under the bondage of Babylon. Some of you, you are praying. And you are pressing your phone. Hey. 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 Then you come across all this Nollywood naked human beings. And some of them are your models. Those of them that expose their breasts and show their contours everywhere. Some of them, those are the people that you are following. And you expect your life to be relevant in God's hand. Kulewek. Kulewek. If you know how many of our children that phones and social media has corrupted, you will weep. See, I go to preach. I go to preach. I go to preach in places. If you see what, what men, young men and women are going through because of social media. Some have sex on phone. As in, the guy and the lady are not together. They are in different locations. Using their phone, they will have sex. I don't know what they call it. oral sex or whatever. I don't know. All video sex. And, and your husband, the Lord Jesus, is waiting for you. Waiting for you to come so that you can begin serious business of life. I want you to start learning this discipline. Go home. See, if you want me to help you, get my number, call me. See me. We will work something out. See, all of us, all of us, must serve God. We must be useful in the hand of the, of the Lord Almighty. All of us. Especially all of you young people that are looking at me today. Learn this. If you want to pray. See. Put off your phone. You see, but some of you, yeah, what if call? Hey, the call I'm expecting. There is no call that God arranges to change your destiny that will come when you are praying. Uh, when you are having intimacy with the the uh, uh, what are you saying? Now me get the job. You're having intimacy with me. And then you're expecting that somebody will call you to give you what I am going to give you. 
That's folly. Off your phone. You won't die. Hey, some of you, if your phone is taken away from you for one, it's as if, it's as if, no, you won't, you will not die. Off it. Hide it. You know, you know, beside that your chair, between the arm and the seat, you know, there's usually a hole there. Off it, put it there. Enter your room. Somebody say, enter your room. Say it to me, say it loud and clear. Enter your room. Close the door. Shut it. Lock it. Begin to pray. You see, as you are praying initially, your mind will be going to your phone. Oh, ah, I mean, I, some people may be trying to call. Your mind will be going. But as your mind is going, bring it back to the place of prayer. Say, Lord, thank you because this phone cannot be a distraction to me. Thank you, Lord, because I am here to have an intimacy with you. Thank you, Lord, because I am here to have fellowship with you. And then the devil will take your mind back to the last interview you did. And then you are expecting a text message, that, a text message of employment. And then you say, Lord, thank you. Thank you because that employment is mine. Thank you because it is mine. Thank you because the devil cannot take it away from me. Thank you because the message is coming. Thank you, Lord. Uh -huh. As we were saying, Alandra Chandra Labak. Lord, can we continue our fellowship? And then a thought will come to your mind. Ah, you have not paid your Nepal bill. Nepal will come and cut your light tomorrow. Lord, thank you. Thank you because this bill is paid. Thank you because the Nepal bill cannot be a distraction to me. Uh -huh. Lord, as we were saying, I want to know you more. Lord, I want to be closer to you. Lord, I want to be usefully. That is how to do it. There is no point you will come that the devil will leave you alone. The devil will never leave you alone. There's no point. That's how to do this thing. Sometimes, the reason I go to Benin is not necessarily because there is work. But when I want to pray without distraction, you know, Edna is, is always there. And she will, anywhere I am, she will always, even if I'm praying, she wants to come and sit down. You just sit down. And while she's sitting, you know, hand will be going here and there. And Babylon must not take the place of God in your life. You must be resolute. You must decide. Some of you, your Babylon is fame. Your idol worship is fame. You want people to know you. So when you sing, it is for you to be known. When you preach, it is for you to be known. When you do things in the house of God, and it has so much occupied your heart that whenever you are doing anything in the house of God, it is so that people can take note of you. You are an idol worshiper. I have a young man. No, let me not say it because I don't know who is watching. But whatever gift... God gives you. Especially those of you that sing. You know, it's very easy for you to be on the spotlight. Yeah, it's very easy. Is that whatever gift God gives you, first of all, is for his worship. Especially you singers. If you listen to the story of those guys, the Frank Edwards, the, the Nathaniel Bassis, the, the, all those guys that we hear about them now and sing their song, they started as worshippers. They started as offering what God has given to them. As sacrifices. They offered it to God. 
It's in the place of service to God that God begins to suggest them to this man of God, invite this, invite those sin, invite this, invite that. That is how they gain their prominence. Fame must not be your attraction. In fact, anybody that is genuinely serving Jesus will want to hide. Yeah, you didn't get it. Anybody. If, if your desire, if your decision is to serve Jesus indeed, you don't want to be in the spotlight. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You would want to be a hider. When I went to serve, I was posted to a village in Southern Niger local government in Bayosa State, a place called Agwabiri. I joined a church. The pastor was a man of fire. The wife was a prophetess, very genuine servants of God. And I walk into the church and nobody will notice me. And I will attend service and I will go. I will attend service and I will go. I will attend service and I will go. One day, we came to church and the spirit of God came upon the woman and she began to prophesy and she began to point at me you do not hide yourself you cannot hide yourself there is assignment here for you to do you cannot hide yourself my hand is upon you you must contribute to the work that is going on here that was how I literally became the pastor of the church as in the pastor literally abandoned the church for me to run seek to honor God not, not self-gratification. It is, it is idol worship that causes it. It is when Babylon enters a man that that becomes his preoccupation, that that becomes his desire, that that becomes his singular objective in church. People of God, away with Babylon. Avoid Babylon like wildfire because this same Babylon that resisted God, this same Babylon that stood against God, fell. It fell. It fell. It lost every authority it had. You see, let me tell you something. Your influence, whatever influence you have now is momentary. It is either you use it to the glory of God now or it flitters away. It is going there is a glory that passes away. We're having a meeting yesterday and the preacher was telling us that there is a glory. The glory of Moses is that glory that faded. Is that glory that passes away. But there's a New Testament glory. The glory in Jesus. The Bible says that glory excelleth. That is why you hear the Bible saying the path of the righteous is like a shining light. It shineth how? More and more and more. It is because that glory excels. Whatever you have today, whatever you carry today, should be to serve God. Away with Babylon. Anything that has taken the place of some of you is your relationship. A boy has entered your life and he has started devouring you. He sleeps with you at will. He said, you know this thing, we don't, let's not wait until we get married. Because if we get married, you won't know. Let's try it now so that we'll know how fertile, how fertile. And then a boy is sleeping with you. A boy that has not married you. You are sleeping with a girl that is not your wife. And then you come to God and you say, Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. Lord, lift me. Lord, I am your child. And then when God looks down and he wants to bless you, he sees Babylon. 
He doesn't release his blessing upon Babylon. Have you forgotten that the Bible says the prayer of a sinner is an abomination unto the Lord? Have you forgotten? And when God looks down, he sees Babylon. See, these are fundamental issues. God does not build a house, a castle in the air, as lawyers will say. What is the state of your heart? What is in there, in there, right there, right there inside your heart? Even though you pray and we know you to be a prayer warrior, excuse me, what is in your heart? Even though you preach and we know you to be a vibrant preacher, excuse me, man of God, what is in your heart? Man of God that collects people's wife. Man of God that anoints women's private part. Your day of exposure is coming. Wherever you are listening to me from. And I say this passionately because one of my guests was destroyed on account of this. A young lady went to seek help. Very innocent girl. And then fell into the hand of this man. Began to anoint her private part. Private part in the name of prayer. This thing went on for long. I didn't know until things went away. And this girl was caught up in an impossible situation. Up till today, that girl has not been recovered from the grip of the devil. What men do in the name of God? Your day of disgrace is here. They have destroyed people's lives. People's life. They have destroyed people's marriages. They have destroyed people's destiny. Any man, young lady, any man in the name of man of God that you want him to pray for you and he's asking you, expose your breast and he's asking you, I need to anoint, I need to anoint sensitive part of your body. Slap him and run out. Slap him. I say slap him. I give you that authority. Slap him. They have wasted our girls many times. They have destroyed them. They have rendered them useless. A lot of girls are under demonic bondage because of the activities of faith prophets and faith men of God. The Lord will expose you. Girls doing academically well. Destinies have been destroyed. Shattered. Homes destroyed. Because of something called a man of God. Judgment awaits you. I speak to you today, people of God. Babylon is out. It is out to take you away from the Lord. It is out to divorce you from Jesus. Babylon is out to waste your destiny and make you of no eternal consequence. That is what Babylon wants to do. The funny thing is that you will be enjoying Babylon now. When the destruction comes, it shall be without remedy. But I pray for you that you will not get to that point. Can I hear amen? Can I hear a loud amen? Can I hear a louder amen? Do away with Babylon. It will destroy you. If you read Revelation 17 verse, verse, from verse 1 to about verse 6, I don't have the time. It portrays Babylon as, as a woman, an immoral woman, a woman that is powerful, a woman that has the blood, the blood of the saints in her mouth. Brother, 
you that is serving God and following God genuinely, that girl that wants you to sleep with her, that girl that wants to defile you, is looking for your blood knee. She wants to destroy you. Eh? She wants to destroy you. Run away from them. They are everywhere. It doesn't matter whether you are married, sir. They will follow you. Ah, some of them have followed me. I'm telling you, my people, my family, open confession me. You know me, fine boy. I see them. The devil arranged one girl for me in my office some years ago. Kai, thank God for his mercy. Somebody say, thank God for his mercy. We needed a secretary, so we're interviewing girls. And the position is for is reserved for ladies. We interviewed and interviewed, and this one came. Very beautiful girl. Uh, Dicky, the girl fine. Very intelligent. She passed. In fact, she performed above every other girl that was interviewed. So she merited it. She, she passed, sir. She passed. And as she was, when we finished, normally we we'll do review, you know. I'd already made up my mind that whatever the interview panel decide, it is this girl that I'll pick. For the sake of righteousness. Because she merited it. As she walked out, somebody said, As she walked out, towards the door, I was seeing her back as she walked out. And as she was going, I was looking at her. As she was going, I was looking at her. Suddenly, I was caught up in the spirit. Why, where I was sitting, it was like a trance. Suddenly, I saw a sword, a sword, a sword. Huh? How do you call it in Yoruba? A sword. Across her back. And then it changed to her normal back again. And then I saw a sword again. And then it, changed. it happened like that three times. I said, ah. And, you know, when, when she went out, the interviewers, everybody was making their points. And honestly, 90% of them decided that that's the girl that will be picked. <laughs> I went to God. Oga, what did you show me now? Now, what did I just see? It's abnormal. Sir, life, life, I was not, my eyes were not closed. And you know what the Holy Spirit told me? <laughs> you want to hear? Uh, tell, you want to hear? The Holy Spirit said, if you bring that girl here, she will cut you down. I said, ah, cut me down. Bawo. She passed. Say, ah, that girl is sent. She will cut you down. Sir, ah, even if I pray, ah, you, you know I will pray. Lord, you know, you know, you know, you know I will pray. He says, see, if that girl comes here, she will cut you down. That was what, he didn't say anything about that. Uh, you can pray, uh, you are on fire. He said, if that girl comes, see, th there are situations that prayer will not, will not deliver you from. 
The only thing that will deliver you from it is obedience to instruction. Your pastor would have been a backsliding pastor if that girl had entered that office. On a number of occasions, I met her in town. You see how wasted her life is. Jumping from one man to another. Life is so miserable. So helpless. And I don't even bother to go close to her to preach to her because I've been warned that if that girl comes close, you'll be cut down. There are people that you cannot stand against. Only obey the instruction of God. See, some of these girls, then carry waiting past them. Some of them. They carry waiting past them. Some of them don't even know the weight of the spirit that they carry. Away with Babylon. You see, where we are going to begin from next week is this. There are things that Babylon has succeeded in doing in your life that, that it will take God to break it away. Are you understanding me? Deliverance, divine intervention, it will take God to step in and say, this is my child. This is my child. I have come to deliver him. I have come to deliver her from your hand. That is where we are starting from next week. Next week, yokes will be broken. Chains will be broken. Habits will be broken. Anything that Babylon has achieved in your life, it will come to naught. No matter how many years the devil has succeeded in building it, it will crumble as we come before God next week. Come, come next week. Invite people next week. They seek any work of sickness and disease that the enemy, that Babylon has done in you, it shall vanish in the mighty name of Jesus. But can I tell you that today, the sickness you have come with, it will drop. Everything that Babylon has achieved in your life, you are dropping it today. You are dropping it today. I said you are dropping it today. Somebody is here. You need to be angry now. Because you have seen what Babylon has done to you over the years. You have seen how Babylon has ravaged your life and destroyed your life and brought you under bondage for years. It is time to arise with holy indignation in your spirit. To arise with anger, holy anger in your spirit and address Babylon. Tell Babylon, pack and go. You are evicted from my life today. From today, I am no longer yours. I am God's. I am for Jesus. I will serve the Lord. I will please the Lord. I and my household. Can somebody rise on his feet this morning? Can you begin to address what Babylon has done in your life? Can you begin to address that Babylon, that appearance, that activity, that power, that work of Babylon in your life? Raise your voice now. Raise your voice now. Anything that has replaced God in your life, that thing must be sent packing. Anything that has taken the place of Jehovah in your life, that thing must be sent packing. Can you lift your voice and pray? Can you lift your voice and pray? What has taken the place of the Lord? What has taken the place of the Lord? What has taken the place of Jesus in your life? We sang that song. Nothing between my soul and my Savior. So that his blessed face I may see. Do you want to see the face of the Lord? Anything that has come in between you and the Lord must be sent packing. It must be sent packing. It must be sent packing. In the mighty name of Jesus, raise your voice and pray. I cannot hear you. 
Make it loud. Make it loud. As somebody that is angry, as somebody that has strong indignation, you cannot take it anymore. Say, Babylon, out, Babylon, be gone out of my life. If you have not given your life to Jesus, this is the time to begin to do that. You have not given your life to Jesus. While every other person prays, Babylon is still holding you down. Babylon is still oppressing you. And something has taken the place of God in your life. Wherever you are, can you place your right hand on your chest as you turn your life over to Jesus? Who is that person? Turn your life over to Jesus. I am not calling you out. Turn your life over to Jesus. Place your right hand on your chest. No more Babylon. No more Babylon. In my life, I will no longer serve Babylon. I will no longer be under the oppression of Babylon. Babylon will no longer rule over me. Is there any hand on his chest or on her chest? Anybody on the gallery? Alright, there's somebody. Place your right on your chest very well. Alright, I see two of you. If you want to join them, please join them. I am not calling you out. I am not calling you out. You are saying no more, Babylon. My life is yielded to Christ. My life belongs to God Almighty. I am for Jesus and Jesus alone. In the name of Jesus. Your hand is on your chest. Say this after me. Lord Jesus, I declare my life for you. I turn my life over to you. Babylon shall no more have authority over me. I surrender to your will. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Be my Lord and my personal Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' mighty name. Now, I want us to sing verse 1 and the refrain of that hymn as we close this meeting this morning. If you are sick in the house, if you are sick in the house, if you are sick in the house, receive your healing. I say receive your healing now. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, I say you are healed. Every oppression of Babylon over your life is broken. You are free in the name of Jesus. You are healed. You are healed. You are healed. That mockery in your life is turning to glory. 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 In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Can we sing it together as I begin to take my seat? Nothing between my soul and my Savior. Not of this world, the lucid dream. I have renounced all sinful pleasure. Jesus is mine. There's nothing between. Take it again. Nothing between my 
See 